It lays the predicate and the foundation for the development of a weather satellite that will permit man to determine the world's cloud layer and ultimately to control the weather. And he who controls the weather will control the world. No one can muster much enthusiasm for a government which puts you in jail if you open your mouth. That's an inarguable nugget of truth from Orwell. And there's this, like a drug, the machine, i.e. the matrix, is useful, dangerous, and habit-forming. The more often one surrenders to it, the tighter its grip becomes. And there is this, also from Orwell, if liberty means anything at all, it means the right to tell people what they do not want to hear. Global chaos and collapse is unfolding on countless fronts, environmental and ecological. Death by a thousand cuts. Who are the ones wielding the swords? Deep down, many know and are increasingly beginning to face the fact that hiding from the truth and pretending it will somehow go away by doing so is not working. It never has and it never will. Many formerly unquestioned narratives are now unraveling. The masses are beginning to awaken. The global controllers are now more desperate and dangerous than ever before. How long do we have? until they play the cards which they still hold in their hand. We'll soon enough find out. This is Dane Wigington, host of the Commercial Free Global Alert News Hour, a weekly non-political report that addresses and connects the most dire and immediate threats we collectively face. This installment, number 333 of the Bad News Broadcast, December 25th, 2021, is being brought to you by geoengineeringwatch.org largest and most visited website in the world on the subject of global climate engineering operations. This broadcast is now on the air in numerous AM and FM stations throughout the U.S. in Northern California, Oregon, Washington State, Colorado, Texas, Florida, Alabama, Ohio, New York, and most recently on the West Coast, Sacramento, San Francisco, and San Diego. My most sincere gratitude to those that have helped geoengineeringwatch.org to expand our desperate efforts to sound the alarm. Look up Ask yourself, where have our deep blue skies gone? Why are weather patterns now so erratic and destructive? And though there are indeed countless contributing factors, what core part of the equation continues to be denied by all official sources and the corporate media they control? To learn what you never wanted to know about ongoing climate intervention operations, view the groundbreaking new documentary film, The Dimming, available to view for free on the homepage of geoengineeringwatch.org. Much to cover, let's press on. About the always evolving COVID predicament from Robert F. Kennedy's childrenshealthdefense.org. Biden predicts, quote, winter of severe illness for unvaccinated, ignores science on COVID vaccines and treatments. From that report, in his speech to the nation, President Biden invoked, quote, overwhelming science, end quote, to justify his COVID so-called solutions, vaccines, boosters, and masking, but provided no details whatsoever to back up the, quote, science behind his plan to end the pandemic. Acknowledging that people are tired and frustrated, Biden continued to baselessly blame the unvaccinated for the continuing disease outbreaks. Biden's remarks followed last week's warning from the White House that those unvaccinated against COVID will be, quote, looking at a winter of severe illness and death for yourselves, your families, and the hospitals you may soon overwhelm, end quote, from Biden. Question, is Biden's statement a warning or a threat? 
Many times throughout his speech, Biden pleaded for people to, quote, please get vaccinated, end quote. He exhorted that people could safely celebrate Christmas so long as they are vaccinated, boosted, and wearing masks indoors. First, as examples of the, quote, safe and effective injections mantra being pushed by Big Pharma and the power structure. Remember what just occurred at Cornell University that I reported on last week? The university shut down due to a flash infection wave, nearly a thousand new cases of COVID, and 100% of the victims were fully vaccinated. Many even had the so-called booster jabs. Every single COVID case, nearly a thousand, fully vaccinated. Next, about the claim of safe. Anyone that has the courage to examine the Centers for Disease Control VAERS data, that's Vaccine Adverse Event Reporting System, will be shocked at the staggering statistics of vaccine injured and dead. While the U.S. Food and Drug Administration, the FDA, and the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, the CDC, continues to outrageously deny that a single death can be attributed to the COVID injections, it's simply impossible to discount 19,532 deaths, 8,986 of which were in the U.S. territories alone, were reported as of November 26th to VAERS. The estimated underreporting factor for COVID injection injuries in the VAERS database is between 31 and 100. So the actual death toll in the U.S. could be anywhere from 278,000 to 898,000. The total of vaccine injured listed on the VAERS database is well into the seven-figure range. So much for, quote, safe and effective. Biden further stated that he's going to pump out hundreds of millions of COVID test kits. Question, how much good have any of the official protocols done so far? Everything just continues to worsen as new and improved COVID-19 variants keep popping up right on schedule. Speaking of which, this new report, Americans brace for holiday tidal wave as Omicron speeds infections. And this specific question, are the COVID tests safe or is caution warranted from the New York Times and other sources? The Centers for Disease Control virus test kits were contaminated and poorly designed. Now, that's a headline that instills confidence in the medical industrial complex. Then there's that nagging fact that a peer-reviewed science study published in the journal Nature in 2015 proves that the CV19 pathogen gain-of-function characteristic that allowed it to jump to humans was engineered in labs in the U.S. and China and funded by Fauci's NIH and NIAID. But unfortunately, it seems few to none want to face such unpalatable, though verifiable truths. Another breaking headline from multiple sources last week, 75 European fully vaccinated athletes have died or become seriously ill from, quote, sudden heart attacks in the past five months. But such alarming facts aren't keeping the controllers from cracking down on those that are still reluctant to blindly roll up their sleeve and do what they're told. From the vaccinereaction.org, unvaccinated Europeans fight for rights as COVID restrictions tighten. And there's this new report from numerous sources. School district in New York sends out email warning parents of sudden cardiac arrest in students' grades K through 12. Think about that. The report states, 
Districts are now required to ensure that nurses and coaches can address the treatment and monitoring of students who exhibit signs and symptoms of sudden cardiac arrest. Please research the known myocarditis connection to the CV-19 injections, medically acknowledged. And there's this, a statement from a peer-reviewed science study published in BioRx, but later rescinded due to pressure from Fauci and friends. Uncanny similarity of unique inserts in the 2019 CoV-V spike protein to HIV, i.e. AIDS. This science report then states, we are currently witnessing a major epidemic caused by the 2019 novel coronavirus. The evolution of the 2019 coronavirus remains elusive. We, this science team, found four insertions in the spike protein which are unique to the 2019 COVID-19 pathogen and are not present in other coronaviruses. Importantly, the science study states, amino acid residues in all the four inserts have identity or similarity to those in the HIV pathogen. The BioRx peer-reviewed science study then states this, the finding of four unique inserts in the 2019 COVID pathogen, all of which have identity or similarity to amino acid residues in key structural proteins of HIV or AIDS is, quote, unlikely to be fortuitous in nature, i.e., not natural. The final excerpt from this science study abstract, quote, this sheds light on the evolution and pathogenicity of this virus with important implications for diagnosis of the virus. Question, what else haven't we been told. You won't hear a word about that peer-reviewed science study from any official source or the corporate media they control. The entire CV-19 scenario is the expected controller response to unfolding biosphere collapse. Climate intervention operations are another primary controller response to accelerating ecological collapse. The Pacific Northwest is scheduled for another engineered winter weather onslaught, Patented processes of chemical ice nucleation cloud seeding is core to that equation. Search the engineering winter section on the homepage of geoengineeringwatch.org to learn more. And during the same window of time, record high temperatures of 30 degrees above normal or more, complete with winter wildfire warnings, are scheduled for other regions of the U.S. What will be our final destination if we remain on the current course? How dire is our near-term future likely to be? Consider the following recent report title from Robert Burroughs. Human Extinction, Now Imminent and Inevitable. A report on the state of planet Earth. There are at least four distinct paths to imminent, that is within five years, human extinction. Nuclear war, possibly started regionally. Biodiversity collapse, already well advanced and teetering on the brink. The deployment of 5G commenced recently and still rapidly expanding, and the climate catastrophe, with covert and completely illegal climate intervention operations further fueling the scenario. Needless to say, each of these four paths might unfold in numerous ways. Unfortunately, there's much more to the equation. Countless converging cataclysms are closing in by the day, from every direction, What has been and will continue to be the response of the controllers, the same controllers that have long since been announcing their desperation to reduce global populations, i.e. to thin the herd? 
That blank isn't hard to fill in for any that are willing to summon the courage to do so, starting with honest, unbiased, and objective investigation from independent sources, truly independent sources. How dark is the horizon for the coming year? The following is a summary update on the state of the world, on unfolding ecological collapse and thus inevitable and imminent societal collapse. There are other possible or probable paths to extinction in the near term, particularly when considered in conjunction with the four threats mentioned a moment ago. These additional threats include the cascading impacts triggered by the destruction of the Amazon rainforest, which is now imminent, particularly given its critical role in the global hydrological cycle, the rapidly spreading radioactive contamination of Earth, and geoengineering, i.e. climate intervention operations, not just for military purposes, but to attempt to mask the true severity of planetary implosion from the public until the brutal bitter end. All of this has been going on for decades, and it continues to be ramped up. Far worse, however, is the path to extinction that looms before us when we consider the impact of all seven of these paths in combination with the vast range of other converging threats, which we also face. These interrelated threats have generated a shocking series of points of no return, tipping points that we have already crossed, the mutually reinforcing set of positive feedback loops, which does not mean good in this case, that we have already triggered and which we will continue to trigger, which cannot be reversed in the short term, or even in any time frame that matters. And there is also the ongoing synergistic impacts of the various extinction drivers, such as ongoing extinctions, because dependent species have lost their resource species, i.e. the species they depend on for their own immediate survival, which includes us and the habitat which we are losing by the day. What we have set in motion can't be halted, irrespective of any remedial action we might take. Hence, taking into account all of the above factors, the prospects of averting human extinction in the near term are now remote at best. Why has this happened? Why do we find ourselves in this place? Because long-standing dysfunctional human behavior, which we have not even begun to recognize as the fundamental driver of this extinction crisis, let alone address, has now trapped us all between the proverbial rock and a hard place. As an outcome of generally dysfunctional societal systems and educational models, as well as the political and economic systems these generate, we, as a species, continue to reproduce unchecked while we remain trapped by the global elite and its compliant international organizations, such as the United Nations, national governments, and corporations, most especially including the corporate media. The global elite are clinically insane and hence devoid of such qualities as conscience, empathy, compassion, and love. The controllers are clearly intent on exploiting our desire to suppress awareness of our emotional pain by overconsuming. They, the controllers, do this in order to feed their insatiable desire for profit, power, and privilege, no matter the cost to humanity, to the biosphere, and indeed to the entire web of life. A substantial number of countries and regions of the world, including the Amazon Basin, Australia, countries in Central Africa, many European countries, Indonesia, Siberia, North America, have each experienced and are still experiencing record wildfire incinerations, for example. Many of them out of the wildfire season and breaking records for their unprecedented destructive impact, demonstrating that the earth is literally 
burning up. Search the Engineering Wildfires section on the homepage of geoengineeringwatch.org to learn more. But this very visible symptom of our crisis, i.e. the epic wildfires, masks a vast quantity of evidence in many domains that is virtually unknown to most, but is also far more damaging. One acknowledgement of this crisis in Earth's biosphere was the fact that the doomsday clock of the Bolton of Atomic Scientists is now set at 100 seconds to midnight, the closest it has ever been to, quote, doomsday. This status reflects the perilous state of our world, particularly given the renewed threat of nuclear war and the ongoing and accelerating climate collapse catastrophe being further fueled by the covert climate intervention operations. There are massive and unrelenting assaults on the biosphere apart from the climate that are also further fueling the rapidly accelerating biodiversity crisis, as we should expect, just as is the case with climate engineering not officially being acknowledged. The same is true, of course, of the ongoing monumental atrocities against fellow human beings. Under the direction of the global elite, the United States government and its NATO allies continued their perpetual war across the planet, wreaking devastation on many countries and regions, particularly in the Middle East and Africa. Other superpowers like China and Russia are also, of course, major contributors to the planetary decimation, contamination, and the oppression of various societal factions and individuals. One example is the U.S.-sponsored and supplied Saudi Arabian war against Yemen, which, under the UNHCR, that's United Nations High Commission for Refugees, characterizes as the worst humanitarian disaster in the world. There is also the U.S. use of depleted uranium ammunition in the Middle East and the Balkans. This truly lethal ammunition has a radioactive half-life of four and a half billion years with a B. Summary, forever. The U.S. military use of DU ammunition is only one of many factors related to the extraordinary military destruction of Iraq by the U.S. military juggernaut over the past 30 years. There is also the complete dismemberment of Libya as a result of NATO's bombing of that country and the subsequent assassination of its leader, Muammar Gaddafi, in 2011, the entirety of which has fueled carnage and chaos in that region to this day. The United States and its NATO allies have continued their efforts to destroy entire countries, also including Afghanistan, among others, at a staggering cost to their populations and environments. Not because these countries posed a threat to security anywhere, but rather these actions were undertaken to maintain geopolitical control and to facilitate the theft of these countries' resources at great profit to the global elite. The perpetually profitable perpetual war, by definition, has no end. But it still isn't yet socially acceptable to state, too publicly or loudly, that the global elite have again used the United States military and its NATO allies to destroy Iraq, Afghanistan, Syria, and other nations going back many decades. The U.S. military at this point, sadly, is nothing less than a mercenary force for the service of empire. Endless excuses for the conduct of the U.S. empire and its allies must be manufactured and promulgated by the compliant corporate media and with a gullibly 
terrified human population, disinclined to question authority. And unfortunately, the same worn-out formulas of propaganda continue to accomplish the public programming desired by power structures. Of course, Iran has long since been in the crosshairs of the global elite because of its extensive and thus hugely potentially profitable oil reserves, as well as the clear inclination of its leaders, both before and after the U.S. installed Shah, to make decisions in the interests of Iranians, including foreign policy decisions such as those related to defense and the role of nuclear weapons. Thus, the global elite ensured that the U.S. Congress, via removal by the Senate of a provision that had formally prevented the Pentagon from waging war against Iran or assassination of its officials in the National Defense Authorization Act, which thus effectively authorized President Trump to order the assassination of General Soleimani. Question, how many have actually conducted an honest and objective investigation of who this individual was? Soleimani was the head of Iran's Quds Force, the foreign arm of the Islamic Revolutionary Guard, Iran's elite military force, and he was the key figure in the fight against terrorism in the Middle East. His assassination was carried out in clear contempt of international law. There was little to no outrage in the U.S. population who continued to care little about international laws that are routinely ignored and broken by their own government and their own military. All such events are completely related to and inseparable from the current and ongoing escalation of tyranny by the same global controllers now being inflicted on populations around the world. And for the record, whatever your opinion of Iran, they have not invaded or illegally occupied any other country for well over 200 years. The U.S. military, on the other hand, in less than 100 years, has destabilized, invaded, and or illegally occupied nearly 100 countries, and has about 800 bases around the world in other people's countries. Thus, I ask, which nation is truly the greatest threat to so-called global security? But even as the planet's life support systems spiral toward total collapse, the military-industrial juggernaut continues to expand itself like a malignant cancer. The U.S. Air Force Global Strike Command includes 20 B-2 stealth bombers, 76 B-52 bombers, and 450 Minutemen three intercontinental ballistic missiles, together capable of delivering thousands of nuclear warheads along with the U.S. Navy's submarine-launched Trident ballistic missiles, all of which when combined, are now capable of extinguishing essentially all life on Earth many times over within a matter of hours. And even now, how many Americans are still pretending their country is a beacon of freedom and democracy for the rest of the world? Yes, we inhabit a planetary asylum that on the current course will likely soon be a lifeless ball of rock spinning in the cold and hostile environment of space. Following the U.S. withdrawal from the Anti-Ballistic Missile Treaty, the ABM, in 2002, and after withdrawing from the Joint Comprehensive Plan of Action, that's the Iran nuclear deal, and the Intermediate Nuclear Forces Treaty, that's the INF, which limited the deployment of the intermediate-range nuclear weapons in 2018, the U.S. government further and unilaterally signed its intention to dismantle what little remained of attempts during the Cold War and since that time to contain the threat of nuclear war. Summary, no one intends to disarm. No, rather, just to build more 
bigger and more deadly weapons of mass destruction, most especially in the U.S. military juggernaut mercenary force. Is all of this in any way an endorsement of the other superpowers or their allies? Absolutely not. It's simply a matter of scale. The U.S. military is bigger than the next 10 largest militaries combined. The U.S. military also, for the record, is the largest single source polluter in the world. Please don't believe me. Look it up. And for those that still naively believe that the true controllers of the U.S. military actually care about our military men and women, think again. Military personnel have always routinely been used for cannon fodder and every imaginable form of experimentation. And once crippled, they are all too often left to fend for themselves, many times living on the streets. And I know this from years of volunteer work at a homeless shelter and from frequent communication with the homeless in my region of the world as I try to bring them what supplies I can. The global elite continue to party on the Titanic, i.e. planet Earth, even as the ship goes down, i.e. ecological collapse, societal lockdowns, and looming societal collapse. A substantial portion of the global private financial wealth, conservatively estimated by the Tax Justice Network in 2010 to already then total between 21 and 32 trillion which has been invested virtually tax-free through the world's still-expanding black hole of more than 80 offshore tax havens, such as the city of London, Jersey, Gersney, the Isle of Man, Bermuda, the Cayman Islands, Hong Kong, Nauru, St. Kitts, Antigua, Tortula, Switzerland, the Channel Islands, Monaco, Cyprus, Gibraltar, and Liechtenstein. This is just financial wealth. Additionally, a large share of the real estate, yachts, Racehorses, gold bricks, and many other assets that count as non-financial wealth are also owned via offshore structures that make it impossible to identify their owners. Tax havens are the locations around the world where wealthy individuals, criminals, and terrorists, as well as governments and government agencies and officials, such as the CIA, banks, corporations, hedge funds, international organizations such as the Vatican, and crime syndicates such as the mafia, can stash their money so that they can avoid laws, regulation, and oversight. A giant, cancerous, criminal cabal, all of it interwoven and ultimately running the planet, leading us all to near-term self-annihilation. Controlled by the global elite, Wall Street and other major banks manage this monstrous diversion of wealth under full government protection. Their business is fraud and grand theft on a scale that can't truly be comprehended. Tax haven locations offer more than tax avoidance. Almost anything goes. It includes bribery, illegal gambling, money laundering, human and sex trafficking, arms dealing, toxic waste dumping, conflict diamonds, and endangered species trafficking, bootleg software, and endless other lawless practices that are core to the global elite and the military-industrial complex juggernaut of insanity they control. From CV-19 to climate engineering operations... Stop, stand back, and consider criminal cabals masquerading as legitimate governments all over the world are at the core of the most dire and immediate threats we collectively face. They are all colluding and cooperating on these key core issues. It cannot be otherwise. The world's major corporations continue to inflict enormous ongoing violence in a myriad of ways in their pursuit of endless profit at the expense of living beings, human and otherwise, 
along with Earth's biosphere by producing and marketing a wide range of life-destroying products ranging from nuclear weapons and nuclear power to fossil fuels, junk food, pharmaceutical drugs, including often health-destroying and sometimes life-destroying concoctions, synthetic poisons, and genetically mutated organisms, i.e. GMOs. These corporations include the following, weapons manufacturers, major banks, and their industry groups like the International Monetary Conference asset management firms, investment corporations, financial services companies, fossil fuel, coal, oil, and gas corporations, technology corporations, media corporations, major marketing and public relations corporations, agrochemical, pesticides, seeds, fertilizers, giant pharmaceutical corporations with their minions in the medical and psychiatric industries, biotechnology, i.e. genetic mutilation corporations, mining corporations, nuclear power corporations, food multinationals, and water corporations. Question, how much good will all of this monetary wealth do for the criminals that possess it on a dead planet? That blank isn't hard to fill in. Billions of people continue to live under occupation, dictatorship, or threat of genocidal assault, often with the global elite sponsoring an oppressive national government or simply a local elite that exercises power irrespective of the government in office. As we near the end of 2021, tens of millions of human beings continue to starve to death around the world, and this number will continue to accelerate exponentially. Are industrialized, militarized societies serious about ending these hunger deaths? Not even remotely. Nearly a billion people suffer from hunger. Global efforts to end hunger have not been serious, ever. There has been no substantial commitment of resources, no management group to control the process, no realistic timeline, and no means for mid-course corrections on the way to the goal. There have been no contracts with agencies that would work toward achievement of the goal. Hoping for the end of hunger won't work. Hope is not a strategy. Moreover, the UN system offers little more than vague aspirations. And anyway, why would we actually expect the global elite to help the hungry and the homeless when they have long since made clear their desire to radically reduce global populations? Tens of millions of children were killed by adults in wars in recent years by starving them to death, by denying them clean drinking water, and in a large variety of other ways. What about the recent U.S. drone attack in Afghanistan in which seven children were killed and no one, no one is going to be held responsible? Ten civilians, seven children, no one responsible in the U.S. military. And that incident is only one of many. Question, what would Americans do? How would they react if the Afghan military murdered 10 U.S. civilians, including seven children, and then said, oops, sorry, accidents happen? More horrible facts to consider as we plunge into a very dark future. Annually, some 8 million children are trafficked into sexual slavery. Hundreds of thousands of individuals are kidnapped or tricked into outright slavery, which now denies nearly 50 million human beings, more by far than at any other time in history, the right to live the life of their choice, condemning many individuals, especially women and children, again to lives of sexual slavery, forced labor, or as child soldiers. How can Americans go on about their lives pretending none of this is going on? I have always pondered this deeply. It troubles me to the marrow. Needless to say, the global elite continue to expand this highly profitable business while its compliant governments 
do no more than mouth an occasional objection to the practice while doing nothing effective to actually end it, as was patently evident following various disclosures about high-profile public figures in recent years. All walk away without penalty or punishment, as they are part of the club, which, as George Carlin made so clear, we're not in. And about the treatment of whistleblowers, how many blind, flag-waving, so-called patriots have lifted a finger to help in the plight of Julian Assange? More on the state of the world. What's China up to? Well over 100,000 people, particularly Falun Gong practitioners in China, where an extensive state-controlled program is conducted, were subjected to forced organ removal for the trade in human organs. Over 15 million people are displaced again by war, persecution, or famine. There are now 70 million people, more than half of whom are children, and apparently 10 million of whom are stateless, who have been forcibly displaced worldwide and remain precariously unsettled, usually in adverse circumstances. One person in the world is forcibly displaced every two seconds. It is interesting to me, when I'm standing on the street with some of the homeless in Redding, California, who simply need something to eat, something to shelter themselves from the weather warfare that's occurring over our region. Not that we wouldn't have natural weather without this, but there is nothing natural now in the weather, anywhere. The entire system has been derailed. And when I'm standing with these homeless that are struggling to survive every day, there are so many driving by in their brand new vehicles that they bought perhaps with no down payment, no interest and no payments for who knows how many months. They don't even look at these homeless people. For them, such individuals don't seem to exist. Question, how many that are living an affluent life in first world nations, at least for the moment, have never taken a moment, not a single moment, to even consider the plight of hundreds of millions around the world that are fighting to survive each and every day? Millions of people were made homeless in their own country as a result of war, persecution, natural disasters, many of which, including hurricanes, cyclones, and wildfires, were actually generated by dysfunctional human behavior, which includes climate engineering, rather than nature. International conflict, poverty, or as a result of elite-driven national economic policies. The last time a global survey was attempted by the United Nations back in 2005, an estimated 100 million people were homeless worldwide. In addition, as many as 1.6 billion people lack adequate housing living in slums, or worse. But don't worry, if you live in a first world nation, many of the stock market Ponzi schemes are still hovering at all-time record highs. The printed money from thin air, houses of cards still pacifying populations, it would seem, until the brutal bitter end. In the words of Peter Gabriel, the grand facade so soon will burn. The reality that almost none are willing to face is this, Mass die-off of the human race is now a given. It's not coming, it's here. And the most fundamental factor in the entire equation is, and has been, the propensity of far too many to turn two blind eyes to injustice. From the CV-19 scenario to climate intervention operations, those in power could not do what they are doing without the active or passive support of the majority population. We have seen the enemy, and he is us. Unfolding ecological collapse will remain the bottom line, fueling it all. About the unheralded biodiversity crisis on Earth as a result of habitat destruction and degradation, as well as a multitude of other threats, two to three hundred species of plant 
animal, and insect are going extinct each and every day. A hundred thousand or more species of life, plants, birds, animals, fish, amphibians, insects, reptiles, and microbes on Earth were driven to extinction. The worldwide loss of species has long since been at catastrophic levels. Tragically, many additional species are now trapped in a feedback loop, which will inevitably precipitate their extinction as well. Because of the way in which extinctions, i.e. localized extinctions and extinction cascades, work once initiated, as has long since already occurred in almost all ecosystem contexts. The entire web of life continues to experience population declines and extirpations, which is and will continue to have negative cascading consequences on ecosystem functioning and services that are vital to sustaining civilization. No habitats, no humans. Simple equation. This is scientifically described as biological annihilation, a term which highlights the magnitude and severity of Earth's ongoing sixth major extinction event. Further, local population extinctions are orders of magnitude more frequent than species extinctions. Population extinctions, however, are a prelude to species extinctions. So Earth's sixth mass extinction episode has proceeded further and faster than previous events. Hundreds of times faster. In fact, we are in completely uncharted territory. Over the last 40 years, over 70% of Earth's wildlife populations have perished. Based on current statistical data, at the current rate of global wildlife population decline, we face the zero hour for no functional wildlife populations left by 2026. This is not an opinion. It's a mathematical calculation based on all available data. We have already lost 80 to 90% of our insect populations. If the insects can't make it, how much longer does the human race think they will survive? We've crashed through the guardrail and are hurling toward the bottom of the canyon and even now are still pushing the accelerator to the floor while trying to decide which radio station to listen to on the way down. Continuing with this summary on the state of the planet, wildlife trafficking, which produces tens of billions in profit, is pushing many endangered species to the brink of extinction. Illegal wildlife products include jewelry, traditional medicine, clothing, furniture, and souvenirs, as well as some exotic pets, most of which are sold to unaware, unconcerned consumers in the West, although China is heavily implicated as well. Nearly 20,000 acres of pristine rainforest were cut or burnt down. For purposes such as the following, acquiring timber to use in construction, clearing land to establish cattle farms so that many people can eat cheap burgers, clearing land to establish palm oil plantations so that many people can eat processed junk foods based on this oil, clearing land to establish palm oil and soybean plantations so that some people can delude themselves into thinking that they're using a, quote, green biofuel in their car, when in fact, these fuels generate far greater carbon footprint than fossil fuels. Also mining, much of it illegal for a variety of minerals such as gold, silver, copper, diamonds, and logging to produce wood chips so that some people can buy cheap paper, including toilet paper. One of the outcomes of this destruction is that 40,000 tropical tree species are now threatened with extinction. The final outcome is that the precious Amazon is teetering on the edge of functional total destruction, and with it, so are we. How long do we have? The tipping point is here. It is now. Bluntly put, the Amazon not only can't withstand further deforestation, but also now requires rebuilding of the underpinning base of the hydrological cycle if the Amazon is to continue to serve as a flywheel of continental climate for the planet and an essential part of the global carbon cycle. 
But the sad and shocking reality is this. The Amazon, like so many other forests around the globe, are no longer carbon sinks. They have become carbon sources. Climate engineering and the havoc it has wrought on the planet, the ubiquitous global contamination, the destruction of the ozone layer, the disruption of the hydrological cycle, is a core factor in this equation. Vast quantities of soil have been washed away as we have destroyed the rainforest, and enormous quantities of both inorganic constituents such as heavy metals like cadmium, chromium, lead, mercury, nickel, zinc, and organic pollutants, particularly synthetic chemicals in the form of fertilizers, pesticides, herbicides, were dumped into the soil as well, thus reducing its nutrients and killing the microbes and earthworms within it. We also contaminated enormous quantities of soil with radioactive waste. This multifaceted destruction of the soil, which includes highly toxic climate engineering fallout, starting with aluminum, fundamentally threatens the global grain supply. When the ability to grow, store, and distribute grains at scale is lost, what comes next? The law of the jungle. And there's this unfolding and accelerating nuclear nightmare to consider. Despite an extensive and ongoing cover-up by the Japanese government and nuclear corporations, as well as the International Atomic Energy Agency, vast amounts of radioactive waste were dumped into the biosphere from the TEPCO nuclear power plant at Fukushima in Japan, including by discharge into the Pacific Ocean, killing an incalculable number of fish and other marine organisms and indefinitely contaminating expanding areas of that ocean. In regard to the ongoing and accelerating contamination of the Pacific Ocean, the U.S. military's 67 secretive and lethal nuclear weapons tests on the Marshall Islands continues to contaminate to this day, and that contamination is accelerating out of one of the sarcophaguses that exists there. It's breaking down. Of course, the Chernobyl nuclear catastrophe in 1986 continues to inflict extensive damage on the biosphere. If you thought Chernobyl was all better, think again. Like Fukushima, their Chernobyl meltdown is just getting started, and there's only 440 more nuclear plant meltdowns to go, unless the additional 60 that are currently under construction get completed Then we can round off the coming nuclear meltdown number at an even 500. The insanity of the human race just keeps going. And if you think the current societal threats, policies, and protocols imposed by criminal governments around the world aren't connected to all of this, think again. Human use of fossil fuels to power aircraft, shipping, and vehicles, as well as for industrial production and to generate electricity, among other purposes, has already released well over 10 billion metric tons of carbon dioxide into the biosphere. And then there's methane, nitrous oxide, and other far more powerful greenhouse gases to consider. Search Siberian methane craters to see what is occurring in the far north. Massive methane deposits are thawing and releasing, literally exploding into the atmosphere. This scenario is a near-term existential threat. Global climate engineering operations in the attempt to mask the problem from populations is actually further fueling it overall. Despite largely successful efforts by the elite-controlled IPCC, the Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change, to delude people into believing that the global mean temperature has increased by only one degree Celsius. In fact, since pre-industrial era, prior to 1750, greenhouse gas emissions have escalated far more than officially stated. Temperatures are far higher than we're being told. Based on uncensored frontline temperature data, Earth has likely already passed 3.5 degrees C of warming since the pre-industrial era. Among a lengthy list of adverse outcomes, this has caused the melting of Arctic permafrost, as previously stated, and undersea methane ice clathrates, resulting in an incalculable quantity of methane being uncontrollably released into the atmosphere. 
This gas is covering the planet like a layer of glass, letting heat in but not out. Climate engineering operations in the attempt to lower daytime high temperatures, filling the atmosphere with light scattering, thermal energy blocking reflective metal particulates, is also trapping more heat than it's deflecting. All of this is adding up to a runaway event on our planet right now. Again, climate engineering further fueling the overall fire, not mitigating it. Glaciers and mountain ice fields, whether located in Greenland or other regions of the far north, in the Himalayas, at the equator, and southern latitudes, or Antarctica, all are melting at unprecedented and accelerating rates. If you still believe what you can see with your own eyes, view the internationally award-winning non-political documentary film, Chasing Ice, available online. The ongoing destruction of Earth's oceans continues unabated and is accelerating rapidly. We're free-falling toward what is scientifically known as Canfield Ocean, a lifeless, superheated, stratified, oxygenless, acidified death zone. More on the state of the world. About the problem of plastic. At least 8 million metric tons of plastic, of which nearly 250,000 tons were microplastics and have been discharged into the ocean during for example, a single year in 2019. So severe is the problem that there are now five massive patches of plastic in the oceans around the world covering large swaths of the oceans. Plastic patches between California and Hawaii are the size of the state of Texas. And about freshwater, earth's freshwater and groundwater continues in a rapid trajectory of further depletion and total contamination. The depletion is due to many factors. Covert climate intervention operations are core. Search the engineering drought section on the homepage of geoengineeringwatch.org to learn much more than most want to know. According to the World Resource Institute, half of the surface water in some countries, mainly in Central Asia and the Middle East, was depleted between 1984 and 2015. Agriculture has consumed an average of 70% of this water. 36 countries are extremely water stressed and water is now a major factor in conflicts in at least 45 countries. For the record, every single Middle Eastern country that was targeted by the U.S. and its allies immediately after 9-11 subsequently endured a once-in-a-thousand-year drought, destabilizing those nations. That was not nature. It was climate engineering. And the leaders of those nations, in the case of Iran, on the floor of the U.N., emphatically stated so. But no one would listen, and certainly U.S. media would not cover it, the fact that NATO is waging weather warfare on countries in the Middle East, and indeed, on their own populations. And about our skies. Some 150 years ago, philosopher Henry David Thoreau stated this, Thank God men cannot fly, lest they would lay waste to the sky as they have done to the earth. Thoreau's fear has long since become a reality. The long-standing covert military use of geoengineering, i.e. the spraying of tens of millions of tons of highly toxic metals, including aluminum, barium, strontium, toxic coal fly ash nanoparticulates containing arsenic, chromium, thallium, chlorine, bromine, fluorine, iodine, mercury, and radioactive elements into the atmosphere from jet aircraft to weaponize the atmosphere and weather in order to enhance the elite control of human populations has continued unchecked and is accelerating. Climate engineering operations are the core causal factor for the systematic destruction of Earth's life-sustaining ozone layer, which blocks the deadly portion of solar radiation, i.e. UVC, and most UVB from reaching Earth's surface. The collapsing ozone layer scenario in and of itself is a near-term existential threat. On the current trajectory, total ozone layer collapse 
may occur as soon as 2026. Continuing with this year-end report on impending near-term planetary omnicide, the incredibly destructive 5G technology, which a vast number of scientists currently totaling nearly 200,000 individuals and organizations from 203 nations and territories are warning will have catastrophic consequences for all life on Earth and is now being rapidly introduced and expanded without informed public consultation and despite ongoing protests around the world, though so much has now been completely eclipsed by CB19, much to the benefit of the controllers. As one outcome of our dysfunctional societal and political systems, fascism continues to rise unchecked around the globe. An example is Google's integrated relationship with the U.S. government, the U.S. military, the CIA, and major U.S. weapons manufacturers. There isn't really anything you can do that isn't known by those who want to know it. In essence, Google is a powerful global corporation with its political agenda and mission to maximize profits for shareholders, and it partly achieves this by expanding the surveillance programs of the national security state at the direction of the global elite. But Google isn't acting alone, and it isn't just happening in the USA. Of course, the right to free speech, accurate information, and conscience-based nonviolent activism continues to be eroded as efforts by governments and corporations, particularly to control speech, information, and political action, has accelerated radically. Finally, and tragically, so many of the individuals who self-identify as activists continue to waste their time begging the global elite or their agents to fix one or another of our converging crises, starkly illustrated by those thousands of climate activists who traveled to the climate conferences, mostly using fossil fuels, and then complaining when the outcome was predictably pitiful. The bottom line at this point is this. If we're to have any chance of averting near-term planetary omnicide, given the advanced nature of the crisis and the incredibly short time frame involved, we must plan intelligently to mobilize a substantial portion of the human population in a strategic focused effort to expose and halt the insanity, starting with stopping climate intervention operations, aka weather warfare. Without a functional biosphere, we are done. What is currently happening in societies is the controller response to the collapsing biosphere. We must reach a critical mass of the awakened if we're to have any chance of turning the tide. Nothing short of such an effort can work against a deeply entrenched, highly organized, and well-resourced opponent with the endless lobbying of elite institutions such as governments and corporations, all of whom continue to be completely committed to maintaining the current collective insanity until the moment of impact, i.e., total collapse. As Mark Twain once noted, if voting made a difference, they wouldn't let us do it. So, here we stand, at the brink of human extinction, with 200 to 300 species of life on Earth being driven over the edge, daily. And even now, most humans remain utterly oblivious to what's unfolding. And the fundamental reason why? Unconscious fear is making people including activists, incapable of behaving sensibly toward the converging catastrophes that are closing in on us all. We must prioritize. Instead, people are doing what they have been terrorized into doing. Blind obedience. Why? Because when the choice is between obedience on the one hand and punishment on the other, obedience almost invariably wins. And so now we obediently ask the elite 
perhaps by lobbying one of their governments to, quote, fix things for us, to save the climate, to stop climate engineering, to end war, to tell us the truth about the challenge that has completely taken center stage in the entire planet for the last two years. But most continue to meekly accept it when they, the controllers, ignore us. We have fearfully learned to accept it, which is why the idea of behaving powerfully ourselves never really occurs to most. This must change soon, or we will have no chance of turning the tide. Suppressing awareness of fear and hiding it behind the permitted and encouraged overconsumption, along with a programmed blind belief in the manufactured matrix as a whole, serves to divert our attention from reality so effectively that the vast majority can't even pay attention to the obvious and imminent threats to human survival that are converging from every direction. Those threats are not in the distance. They are kicking in the front door now. As 2021 comes to an end, what will we face in 2022? How far will we make it before the power structure plays even bigger cards? The controllers are more desperate and dangerous than ever before. They know that the planet's failing life support systems can no longer support the full extent of the human race. They, the controllers, are doing exactly what should have been expected. The blanks on that statement are not hard to fill in. If we are to have any chance of extending our stay on this formerly thriving and now dying planet, we must prioritize. We must first focus on the biggest hole in the bottom of the boat, man's unimaginably insane and destructive attempt to weaponize weather, along with using the same climate intervention operations to mask the true severity of climate and ecological collapse from the majority of populations till the last possible moment, with the paradox of simultaneously accelerating that collapse. There's no longer any place for fear in this equation. What do any of us have to lose if we remain on the current course? Nothing. As the Hopi elders stated so long ago, we are the ones that we have been waiting for. Now is when we must decide what we are made of and why we are here. We, each of us, all of us, must summon the courage to stand against the tidal wave of insanity, no matter what the cost. The price that we will pay for doing otherwise is clear, a near-term game-over scenario. Check the activists' suggestions link on the homepage of geoengineeringwatch.org to learn specific details on how you can help to turn the tide. Make your voice heard. Make every day count. If we do not fully apply ourselves to the front line of the fight today, we will not see tomorrow. Until next week, stay safe, stay strong. This is Dane Wigington from geoengineeringwatch.org.